Two weeks ago, Ross Lyon labelled their performance a mulligan after getting smacked by the Crows, and they rebounded to beat the Giants by a couple of kicks, whereas the wider football media has given Hawthorne's win a mulligan because of the opposition. Who's for real, who's not, and what to look out for at 1.45pm on Saturday afternoon, Australian Eastern Standard Time is what we'll be talking about, as well as the Saints here on the Talking Hawks podcast, your one-stop shop for Hawthorne content, connecting Hawthorne fans from all around the globe, not just to each other, but to the club itself. My name's Daz. I've got Liam alongside me for, I think, our third now in a row, mate. So clearly something's working for us. How are you? Uh, probably just availability, to be honest, but um, going really well. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, good things are happening all around, which we look forward to. Uh, in a big, big way, but uh, geez, the Saints this uh, preseason, I would have had this booked in as a uh, a pretty winnable game, but unfortunately, that little annoying bastard named Ross Lyons come in and turned the Saints into a, a pretty good outfit. I mean, the positive being that they've kicked the second mo- uh, least amount of points, I should say, of any side in the top eight. The downside is they're the n- number one for points against, so... For a team outside of facing that Eagles defense that struggled to score, this uh, this might be a points under kind of operation. Yeah, not that I'm a gambler, but it's um well we we Ross Lyon came to St Kilda, we knew he'd get the defense organized, and despite a cavalcade of injuries, probably rivaled only by West Coast and maybe Geelong, um they've done a pretty good job in terms of managing managing their squad and getting getting results when perhaps the team on paper isn't one that you would expect to get them. Yeah, that they were they are the team that I kind of bring up whenever someone says, you know, the the West Coast of the world have got a lot of injuries or Essendon, uh, even the Swans at the moment are for some reason getting a little bit of pass for people um with their injuries. But when the Saints, especially that first month, just came out and played some scintillating football, defensive football, we'll talk about about that more in just a second. Not too many moves in terms of the offseason, one of the more quiet off seasons for the Saints, I think, which is a good thing for their stability. There's some talk. Jade Gresham is a free agent, might be coming to the Hawks, and dear God, can we please not let that happen, is my opinion. Did you manage to catch any of the Giants game, mate? Max King's return, Jack Sinclair and Jack Steele and all the other Jacks were seemingly on their game, and they managed to rebound from that uh, Crow shellacking quite nicely. Managed to catch most of the second half of it. And, I mean, the GWS defence without Sam Taylor, is it really a defence or is it six bodies trying to make an effort? It's a good question. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good question. Looking at the disposal like, count. I, I don't want them representing me if I'm charged. No, I don't think so. But looking at their uh, disposal count, clearly around the middle of the ground is the only spot that they're wanting uh, the footy. That back six aren't really known for their defensive prowess. Missing Isaac Cumming as well, who I think got dropped. I'm not sure if he's injured at the moment, but Whitfield, Tom Green, Stephen Canelio, Brent Daniels, Josh Kelly, Lockie Ash, Finn Callahan, excuse me, Kieran Briggs, the outlier, uh, as in the Ruckman, but Toby Green forward to centre, and then we get to Connor Iden with 16 disposals. And then Jack Buckley, second on that list with 12. So clearly, Liam, if it's getting inside the Giants' defensive 50, things are happening for the opposition because clearly the uh, the GWS defenders aren't finding the footy. Yeah, and the Saints were able to completely carve them up. When you got Maxie King in the forward line, it um, makes a bit of a difference. And I think he against James Blank, especially when he's deeper, is probably going to be a matchup we're going to see a fair bit of. And then I what? think Frost will pick him up when he goes up the ground. 
uh, and one I'm looking forward to as well. And I agree with a lot of Hawthorne fans or really footy fans at all. You know, you, you speak of your Tom Hawkins and whatever forward of the opposition, Charlie Kerner, yada, yada, yada. The further up the ground, mate, he can have 25 touches if you want, if they're on a wing. That doesn't bother us in a big, big way at all. But considering Jackie Higgins kick three, Jade Gresham two, Butler two, Sinclair two, we'll talk about that. Uh, that man in just a second, because my goodness. But clearly it's Max King creating a contest and their smalls going to work. And the easiest way to mitigate that, mate, is not letting Max King take eight marks and have five shots a goal, I think. I mean, I'm fine with Max King having five shots at goal normally, but I just don't want him taking that many marks. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Blake Hardwick and Seamus Mitchell have already shown that they can shut down the opposition's best forward. So I expect that uh, Higgins and Butler are going to be uh, having a much tougher time than their, I think, four goals, three combined. La- uh, sorry, five goals, three combined last week. So something to look out for for the Hawks defenders. Might not be a big day possessions-wise, but hopefully not losing a lot of contests. At the end of the day, that's the primary job of a defender, isn't it? You're, as If you're a defender, your main job is don't let your opponent beat you. If only more of them knew that, mate, it would be extraordinary what they could produce. But the main man and the man that I expect will get the three votes out of last week's game, Jack Sinclair, is a beautiful man with a beautiful mullet that hopefully Connor Nash can shut him down if he goes into the midfield. 37 disposals of which 26 of them were kicks. 83% disposal efficiency. 12 of those were contested. Eight marks, seven Score involvement, six inside 50s, four rebound 50s, four clearances, a couple of tackles, but more importantly for a midfielder, a couple of goals, one of them from about 47 out, the other from about 35, 40. He's the danger man, Liam, because he's seemingly the only one at the Saints um, that's at the contest, at the coalface, and can actually stretch you and get metres gained. So he's the danger man ball in hand for sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Connor Nash will probably more try and cut off his source. Hello, Jack Steele. How are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, 25 meet, meet touches and 11 Irishman. tackles for Jack Steele last week. Yeah, I think he'll get well acquainted with the big Irishman's shoulder mm, um, around so. his sternum area. Absolutely. But uh, that not, mean it's... not that I'm going to trade places with you, Jack. I'm sorry. But, no, um... absolutely not. No, I, I said to... I don't know whether you caught six points with Smithy, but I said to him... Always. For whatever whatever amount of money that it took, would you rather get tackled by Connor Nash or Jai? And it's just it's a it's an impossibly answered question. And the only reason I picked Connor is I feel like he'd care more about my well being than Jai would because he's definitely got that um, get his opponent to the ground and then get up and ignore them, Jai, which which I don't mind. But back to the Saints, mate. That meters gained. Their outside players are what's providing the run and the spark for them at the moment. I speak of Naziah Wanganine Miller on the wing, twenty nine touches. 10 marks last week at 76%. pretty handy. The former Hawk, Brad Hill, 20 disposals. That's kind of what he has to do at the Saints, regardless of what you think of the pay packet. Uh, Ryan Burns has been okay, I suppose. But Liam Stocker has been a man on the halfback flank, the former Blue. That was awesome as well. 24 disposals, 10 marks for him. Mason Wood, probably the more improved players of the competition. 21 disposals, 7 marks as well. Hunter Clark, these guys stand out as well. Jimmy Webster, who I'm going to be honest, didn't really realizing realize he was playing last week, which is extraordinary. But clearly the Saints want to get the ball on the outside and they've got enough pace to get back to to cut off scores from turnover, which is how they're able to defend so well. Yeah. Uh, if you actually want to know a little bit more about their defense, they've allowed 1,076 marks this season. Only two teams have allowed more than 1,000 marks so far. They lead the competition for most marks conceded. Mm-hmm. So you talk about how well they transition. And a lot of that is from being set up well behind the football. 
allowing teams to chip, chip, chip it around, wait for the mistake, and bang. Yeah. Like you'll run up, we'll probably run up a good marks tally against St Kilda. Seems like what they want. Mm. It's just it's a set. It's a, it's like the anti Malcolm Blight, who famously in the eighties and nineties coaching Geelong used to say, "We'll be the best offensive team in the league and back ourselves that you won't kick twenty goals." Because if we beat you 20 goals to 18, you ain't catching us, which is a good theory. Ross Lyon seems to be the other way. We'll back ourselves to not let you kick a winning score against us. And, hey, it's worked. Nearly bought the Saints a flag. Their second, of course, it would have been. I'm just trying to get the uncontested numbers up. Here they go. For against Carlton, which was where, you know, because Carlton stink and we love that. Um, But where it kind of came to light, they gave away 304 uncontested possessions, the Saints. Minus 73 on the day. Carlton took 140 marks, of which 126 were uncontested. And they had 52 inside 50s. Like, yeah. that's that's just, that's, I mean, that's laughable if you're a Carlton fan, but obviously probably not many listening at the moment. That's extraordinary. Yeah, I'd, I'd raise a question with Carlton. You have a six foot eight key forward named Harry Mackay and, a six, and someone who's six five, six four and a half, six five, who's got a terrific set of hands. At what point do you just say, you know what, we're just going to lump it in there and hope for the best? Like, that's like- a Carlton specific issue, but you know, that's what shows what St. Kilda want to do. They want to let you have the ball around your half back line and not do anything with it. However, that- we've got some half backs who might say, I know what you want us to do, but uh, Marvel's a fast deck. We're going to run. Well, as long as I don't figure it out before round 16, which is when we play them, I'm more than happy for them to continually implode the Blues. It is, can be quite humorous. As a football fan. All right, let's go to the teams. And uh, I remember uh, doing these with Smithy. I've done them with yourself, mate. I've done them with Timmy. I'm used to reading out three or four ins, outs. A lot of debate, a lot of toing and froing. I don't really have anything to say. Connor McDonald was the sub. He's back in the emergencies list. We'll find out who the sub is in the hour before, of course. And for the Saints, Mitch Owens goes out, who was unfortunately stretched off. And what a start to the season. He was having, I, I know Ashcroft, I know Sheasel, I know Max Michael, and he's getting some love. Mitch Owens' start to the year was unreal. At some point was ranked number one for offensive impact per possession via champion data, for whatever that means to you. Big loss for the Saints, but it's it's nice that we've got some continuity, mate. Pretty hard to change a team that won by 19 and a half goals. Yeah, I mean, every the opposition's you, me, and some traffic cones, which would probably only lose to West Coast by about a goal. Um, Yeah, you... Sometimes you just can't flirt with your form, even no matter what the opposition is. You you, ha- you get that kind of result. You can only play who's in front of you. And you just say, we're going to back him in again. And if it's the confidence boost this young team needs, oh, I'm more than happy to line up. All right, let's go to what you're worried about, mate. We'll start with the team first, and then we'll get into the individual players. But Marvel, Fast Deck, Saints home ground, what are you worried about? Honestly, the Saints just getting on the outside and us not taking the game to them. Like Ross Lyon wants us to play slow football, chip the ball around and bank on the fact that eventually we'll make a mistake. Like the reality is this is not our team of 10 years ago, whether we care to admit it or not. We don't have that level of foot skill. I don't think any team ever has before or since the level of foot skill that we had in that three-peat era. But eventually Ross Lyon and the Saints are just going to bank on us making a mistake. And at some point we need to say, you know what, if we're going to turn it over, we may as well turn it over 30 metres out from our goal rather than in the middle of the ground. So I commented on a six points. It was the Melbourne episode, I think, that all we wanted to do was just run. Against St Kilda, that might actually be a good plan. 
Now, I think it might be. So I'm looking at the Adelaide game as well because we we gave some stick to Carlton, rightly so. But Adelaide had plus 92 in disposals. They still, you know, the contested ball was about even, plus eight to the Crows. They not plus 94 in uncontested ball, pretty similar numbers to um, the Carlton game, of course. But clearances, plus five, you know, not that big a difference. Uh, tackles reasonably even. Inside 50 is relatively even, only plus four to the Crows. But what did they do well is that they were able to get speed on the ball. The Crows scored uh, nine goals, I should say, off turnover, which hasn't happened to the Saints before. I'm reasonably confident it's probably not going to happen to them since. But if the Hawks are going to cause turnover or get the ball back, we can't afford to be chipping sideways as an instinctual problem. I understand if you set up, you need to switch the play. I understand that but we can't afford to be switching the ball on turnover. If we manage to turn the ball over, go, go, go. Keep Mitch Lewis as close to the goal square as you can. And then we go from there and create that contest. Because if we're going to make, you know, your Cal Wilkies of the world, your Jimmy Webster's, et cetera, et cetera, accountable, then we've got to have equal numbers ahead of the footy and back ourselves in order to turn the ball over. So I think I'd much rather see the Hawks, if we are going to lose the game, and we'll talk about that in a second, I think if we are going to lose the game, mate, I would much rather us lose the game, say, 70 to 90 in that 20-point stretch than to lose it 70 to 50. Not only because it would be better to watch, but if we're daring to take the game on and we can cause the Saints some problems, I can accept that. But going down, you know, you're 72 to 38 or whatever it might be in a meek performance is not really something that I'm going to be entertaining as a fan as something positive. We just got to go. We know that Sam wants to attack. We know how Ross likes, wants us to play. Why not take it to them? At the end of the day, we're not battling for finals. Sorry, Timmy. Um... <laughs> I don't know why we keep clipping Timmy. Seriously, hey, we love him. He's a great I man. Him. I love him like he's an older brother I never had. But <laughs> he's um, optimistic. But yeah, so what are what realistically the consequences for us? We're not really going to move up the ladder very far realistically at worst we'll probably move down one spot for the rest of the season because i think you said it i don't see it. this west coast team aren't winning another game unless something goes really wrong for their opponent at this point like they're just they're just a non-competitive entity so why not just have a go and see what works and what doesn't i like it don't mind it at all. I, reckon, I, I just get the feeling that the later this season goes, the more that we are going to be season killers. Someone late in the year, I'm going to have a quick look at the fixture here. This will make for terrible podcasting, but I do apologize, Hawks fans. No, I don't need this to load. So for up post by Gold Coast, they'll be wanting a final spot. Carlton, they'll be wanting a final spot. Giants North, pretty winnable fortnight. Richmond, we'll see where they're at. St. Kilda again. Collingwood, could we knock them off top spot if we served it up to them? The Bulldogs, they're definitely fighting for a final spot. Melbourne, yeah, well, okay, I think they're going to make finals top four. And then Frio at the G. There are some season-killing games in that stretch that I'm looking forward to in a big, big way and can't wait to see it. Let's go to a St. Kilda player, mate. If we do lose the game, who do you expect is going to take it away from us? I'll shock no one, Rowan Marshall. Um... <laughs> a Ruckman, who would have thought? Uh, anyone who's ever listened to me. But, um, yeah, I just think, and again, with Reeves and Meek, they're going to have to play a good defensive role again because Rowan Marshall, not unlike Tim English, gets around the ground well. He's not he's not an exceptional tap ruck. He's, I mean, he's competent. He's an, he only 
he only wins an average amount of hitouts as a percentage of 43.5% hitout win rate. So, you know, Ned Reeves, will, especially if he's assuming he's fit, he's been named, will get on top in the hitouts. He's also three and a half inches taller, which helps. <laughs> um, would help. But Marshall is, you know, he's an incredible player around the stoppage. Once the ball hits the deck, he's probably not quite Tim English in terms of that fourth midfielder, but not far off it. Uh, he gets the ball. He mo- he defends really well for a ruck as well. He's an elite interceptor. Uh, by that, I mean ranks in the top 10% of rucks for intercept possessions per game. Uh, he finds the football. He uses it by foot as well. He likes to you know take some territory and move the ball. You know, I just think that our rucks are going to have their work cut out for them trying to run with him and curtail his impact on the game. And I think it's probably a matchup for Meek around the ground. I actually... I wouldn't mind seeing Noodle spend a bit more time forward this game because I reckon the fast deck at Marvel, Rowan Marshall not being the tallest ruck, he's only my height. Mm. Uh, I reckon if Lloyd can give, get him running as well and start trying to work him over physically, might see Noodle really dominate a backup ruck. So that's actually probably what I'd do, to be honest. Bang. There we go. I like it. I think the only two players that can take this game away from the Hawks is going to be Sinclair and Max King. And I'm just I'm just going to go with Sinclair. If the Saints are, are allowed on that fast deck to get quick ball movement inside that 50, I think our defense is really going to struggle. So uh, hopefully we can curtail his influence and our wingers can hold some depth, uh, some width and some depth of the ground whilst the Saints are trying to move the footy. All right. Who do we think is going to get the five stars? Now, Smithy's actually in Queensland for this week. So I'm going to be doing the play rating for this week. Um, and if anyone thinks that I'm going to be biased towards my own selections, you should see how bad I am at predicting this. I'm always a week early. Everyone I pick is fine. Usually you're three, maybe you're four. I still claim Dylan Moore was robbed one week when I picked him. But the next week, they're, they're borderline guaranteed a five. I don't actually remember who I picked uh, for last week. It might have been James Sicily I picked last week, who might have been a little bit stiff, to be honest. I think I said he'll have 30 and 10. He just about got that. Am I thinking this right, or you were on with, with Joy? Joy. You went with Joy. I went with Joy. Did you go with Sis? Um, no, I said Dylan Moore. You said Dylan Moore. When did I bring up this could be a twenty-eight and ten for? You Sierra? mentioned it, and then you I said, did. Okay, cool. I'm not going. Basically, crazy. you went with you were going with Mitch Lewis or John Newcomb. I think your logic wound up being in the end. The Bulls is not going to be down there enough for Sis to be our best player. Yeah, and he still had thirty odd and ten marks, which is extraordinary. Anyway, your pick, mate. Who do you think is going to get the five? Uh, I'm actually going with a defender who will play a good shutdown role and then run off. I'm going to pick Seamus Mitchell. Oh, bang. A youngster. I'm actually going a youngster as well at the other end of the ground. So in the last two years, we saw Jacob Kaczynski in 2021, I reckon it was, kick five down at Tassie, breakout game. And we don't need to comment on what's happened since because he's hopefully going to find some form. Retained his spot this week, which is good. Last year, Mitch Lewis came into his own, I believe, as a pure tall. I think he had the game against Geelong. I think he had the game against Melbourne, if I'm not wrong, where he played really, really well. Mightn't have hit the scoreboard as much on that occasion, but seemingly one a year we get a five or a four, a really, really good bag from someone. And I reckon we are going to see the birth of Tyler Brockman hitting the scoreboard in a massive way. And I'm, I'm doing it. I'm not going the conservative. You can stick your twos or your threes. I'm putting them together. He's having a handful. Brocky's kicking five. Lock it in. We'd love nothing more than to see that. Oh, I am going to be feral on six. Even if he kicks five and we get smacked, I'm going to be genuinely feral. So whoever's on with me, 
for six points if I do it and Brockies kick five. I'd get some plans and maybe cancel last minute because it could be extraordinary what I'll be feeding. But anyway, thanks for jumping on, mate. Really appreciate it. Hawthorne fans, you can check out talkinghawks.com slash player sponsorship to get involved with sponsoring John Newcomb, Jazz Fleming, and Denver Granger Barris. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, like the podcast or subscribe to the podcast, whatever your platform is asking you to do. Go ahead and do that. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But most of all, we hope the Hawks have a win. We hope you have a fantastic weekend and we'll be back Monday morning for the player ratings. Tuesday will be a six points as well as the live stream. We'll be back this Wednesday at eight o'clock. Have a good one and go the Hawks.